Coast to coast, nonstop action. This is the premier source for National Hockey League news. Scores, highlights, and the Anaheim Ducks. It's time to light the lamp with Alexis Downey. Welcome to Light the Lamp here on Duckstream. Alexis Downey here, joined today by a very special guest, the hockey guy himself, Shannon Skeins. Shannon, how are you doing today? What's going on? Uh, not bad. We're into the the quieter part of the off season, so it's it's a little bit easier for me than obviously during the regular season and the playoffs. Uh, just waiting on some big trades to take place, really. <laughs> and you've got your cats with you as well, too. Can you introduce them? Well, this is this is Bear. Um, Azrael's here. I've got Shadow down here on the tree. He doesn't show up. Maple's in a tree there, and then somewhere in the house is our fifth cat, Pixel. So we have no shortage of cats. <laughs> and they always seem to be a part of all of your videos as well, too. Do they enjoy having a little bit of that spotlight? <laughs> you know, the funny thing with this one here is that bear is terrified of strangers. So if people come into the house, she will hide for hours <laughs> and I have to go dig her out because she's hiding in the midst of like my clothes in our bedroom or something. Mm -hmm. And I have to go find her, but she has no idea that I'm talking to somebody. So she's fine right now. <laughs> I have to ask too about your setup. Where is it in your house? How did you get all of this space for all of your jerseys and also fitting the cats in as a part of that too? Well, you know, the funny thing is that when I started out, I had the, I had like a very, very rudimentary setup. I, I sat on a couch. The cats were always there. Uh, eventually I started with, you know, building up my collection, having the jerseys in the background. And I've moved twice since then, or no, three times since then, actually. Um, and, and we've just basically where we have it set up now is it's a converted garage that we're using for, for my set. Um, and, and the jerseys kind of work for like soundproofing as well. Mm -hmm. So there's kind of like a benefit there. Uh, and it just, it, it just became a setup where basically my, my wife was like, okay, we need to move because your channel's got a lot bigger. <laughs> we need, we need to have a better looking set. We need to have, you know, it needs to look a little better. And we agreed on that. So yeah, the, the collection kind of just has grown over the last seven years. So when you were looking for a new place, keeping in mind your set was definitely something you were looking for as well too. Yeah. So we had to have a bedroom for each kid. We had to have a bedroom for ourselves and then we had to make sure there was room for a set. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, let's go back a little bit to, and to your roots and how you got into hockey. I mean, where did it all begin? Why are you a hockey fan? So when I was, when I was a kid, I remember, uh, the early eighties, I, I obviously, I, you know, I mean, I, I, as a kid, I was born in Ontario. I lived in Newfoundland. I moved around Canada a bit. But by the time I was four, I was I was planted in BC. So I got a lot of Canucks coverage thrown at me because that was before we had the internet and cable. And so either you watch the Canucks or I watched Montreal on the French channel. So it it really was kind of I'd watch Canucks. Um, and I just, I, I loved the game. I thought it was a lot of fun. I got a hockey stick at a young age, was out playing street hockey with friends of mine all the time. And, and I, I really liked, I, I know it sounds weird, but as a little kid, I liked the colors. Mm. I liked the fact that each team had, you know, really unique jerseys. And I, I was a big fan of, of some teams, sometimes like the North stars. I liked the North stars because I loved the green and yellow mm. jerseys. I thought those were really unique. And then as time went by, I collected hockey cards, got into all the stats. 
and it created a monster. <laughs> How did your family react to that as well, too? Were they also fans of hockey? Well, my my mom was a bit of a fan of hockey, although uh, she did at one point say she didn't think Wayne Gretzky would win the Grey Cup. And I remember my dad and I getting a good kick out of that because that's that's the football trophy in Canadian football. And we're like, yeah, he's never going to win a Grey Cup. You're right. <laughs> um, and then, it, you know, my dad was a big Montreal fan. So I became a Boston fan and that led to some interesting hockey watching at playoff time. <laughs> Who was your player as a kid that you like to watch on the Bruins? Uh, it would have been, well, I mean, Bork, Bork was fantastic, but for me, I, I was a big Andy Moog fan. I didn't like the way Edmonton treated him toward the end of his time there. So he went to Boston and it wasn't long after that, that Cam Neely ended up there. And of course I liked him from Vancouver. So I, I kind of migrated over and became a Boston fan. Now, did you ever think about when you were thinking about your future as a kid too? I mean, did you think about wanting to be a part of hockey or, did you just kind of focus on, you know, being a fan per se too? When I, with my hockey cards, so I had all of the big rookie cards in the eighties, but they were all dinged up. Now you normally it was because guys were playing, you know, up against the wall and throwing the cards for me, it was because I used to play hockey games with my cards and I would do the announcing. It would be this mm -hmm. guy passed to this guy up the wing and over here. And my mom would have to explain this to people go, yeah, Shannon's in his room. He's having a hockey game right now. So can't bother him. And I do all three periods and the change and I'd switch goalies if I had like it just I I absolutely love the game, all the names. And and I wanted to be an announcer, but I mean it, it's a tough industry to get into. That's mm -hmm. what I was told immediately. And then I people would ask me, well, which position do you want to play? And I was like, no, I'd rather be the coach. I'd mm. I'd like to be the coach. I I really wasn't all that enthralled with the idea of playing. I, I really like the strategy like the seeing line matching and all that, that always fascinated me. So, yeah. Did you have a favorite coach as well too? Oh, I loved Roger Nielsen in Vancouver. Um, I always liked Pat Burns, uh, Pat Burns and his fiery temper. And in Vancouver, of course, has to be Pat Quinn. Pat Quinn was, was absolutely legendary. And it, you know, it was, it, he, he brought the Canucks from like over a decade of completely awful teams mm -hmm. and suddenly they were respectable i could wear a canucks jersey and get less ridicule the ridicule was still there but there was less of it so there's that <laughs> now i understand too that you are also a writer you have a couple books that you've published where did that passion for writing begin so i started writing when i was in man would that have been grade two or grade three and they would just be like single page stories mm -hmm. and then I, I discovered Star Wars and I was like, man, I this whole science fiction, this is this is great. So I started writing like just little science fiction things and I would, you know, write that and I'd show it to teachers and teachers would tell me, well, if you want to write, write this way and do this and do that. Like one thing people say is like I'm Canadian, but I, I spell an American. And that's because that's mm. what I was told that if if you're going to be a writer, make sure that you're using American spelling for words and not the Canadian spelling, because that's kind of how it works with writing. So, because they're going to all get, you're Canadian. Why isn't there a U in that word? Because I was told to stop doing it that way. <laughs> and it's still technically spelled right. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, it, I mean, I, I was writing right up until basically the channel started. And I thought, you know, maybe that would be the way that, that I could, you know, make a little bit of money. And I made, I think, $100 off of it in three years. But 
once the channel took off, I, I really haven't had the time, but I really do want to get back into it. I think it would be great to be able to write again now. What area of writing would you like to get back into? Obviously, you know, having that science fiction a little bit as well, background with those books. Well, I, I, I really enjoy doing doing like fiction books like that. Mm -hmm. um, I know I went through a Dean Koontz phase and for a while there I was writing psychological thrillers as well. Uh, and so I was I was doing that. And um, yeah, I mean, there, there there was that part of it. I, I've I've had people say, well, you know, you should write a book about your your life story and whatnot. I, I don't know how comfortable I'd be doing that yet, mm -hmm. but eventually I, I could see myself doing that. So do you think that the writing background that you have kind of influenced why you use a whiteboard and like to write on that for your channel and your shows as well, too? Well, it part of it. And then with jobs that I've had previously, I've done training. So I go into a training room, I'd have a whiteboard, I'd have dry erase markers, and I would use that with, you know, to help people through, you know, when I worked at a call center, um, the, the last full-time job I had, I did training as well. Um, and I, I was a first aid attendant, so I had to do all kinds of paperwork and I'd have to explain things to workers comp or to whoever, like I, I've just always been at jobs. I've always been explaining things and I just find with the whiteboard and the markers, it also works for me because sometimes mm -hmm. I would do at the start, I didn't have the whiteboard. Mm -hmm. I would do a video. I'd be like, that worked. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> and I'd realize I forgot something. I had to go back and start over or I'd have to, you know, do it a little different the next day. So eventually I got the whiteboard so I wouldn't forget things either. I relate to that too, because I'm a list person and I like the visual of just being able to see everything and also so I don't forget things as well. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Really key. So you started your channel back in 2015, it was? Yep. Why did you decide to start the channel? You know, it really was that my my kids had, had kind of grown up and I, I didn't do very much socially. So I just started making YouTube videos. I always thought, well, you know, this is good. And I have family that's on the like the East Coast of Canada that I never see. So I thought, well, it'd be fun to make videos, you know, share it with family back east and they'll get to see me. And they haven't seen me since I was a little kid. And my father had passed. So I thought it was important for me to have that connection with family back there. And then I tried doing like Doctor Who reviews which went nowhere. <laughs> uh, and then I did a video on hockey and just, just as sort of a whatever, and it took off. And I was like, okay, so the Doctor Who thing's not going to work out because <laughs> I'm just some Canadian dude in an apartment. But the hockey thing, there might be something to this. And I realized too that, and I mean, for me, I, like I take for granted all the stuff I remember from the 80s and the 90s, but most of the viewing audience on YouTube is late teens, early 20s. Mm -hmm. So they wouldn't know a lot of that. And that's something my wife sometimes has to tell me, like, you know, they wouldn't know that. I'm like, okay, yeah, all right, I'll include that in the video. You're right. Um, but yeah, it just it just felt like maybe me being older, maybe that worked my benefit a little bit because it was different than other channels. But mm -hmm. I mean, it worked. What did your family and friends think when you started the channel? Uh, my mother is like the proudest uh, person of 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 me like every now and then people will see her last name on something they'll go are you related to the hockey guy and she's like yes he's my son and she's Aww. like really excited <laughs> and she shares like things that happened to me like I, I played a street hockey game with Michael Bublé I think she shared it more than I did that's awesome she just got those pictures she was sharing it everywhere she was so excited um and yeah I mean it's it's been interesting uh you know some of my friends really really happy for me there are others that 
definitely thought that like I lucked into it or that's a fluke. It's not going to last, but it's lasted so far and fingers crossed it'll last for a while yet. <laughs> How did you get to play a street hockey game with Michael Buble? Uh, you know, it's funny. He, he, his, uh, his assistant reached out through our Facebook page, which my wife checks regularly. Mm -hmm. And my wife got the message and she's like, no. <laughs> she says to me, yeah, somebody's just messaging saying like Michael Buble wants to talk to him, like whatever. And so we just ignored it. We're like, yeah, right, sure. He's watching YouTube videos that I'm making in my basement. Sure, he is. <laughs> and so he ended up actually having to call. He phoned us. He's wow. like, no, it's me. And it was a video call. He's like, it's me. <laughs> you know, I, I want to get together. So he he had a street hockey game. We went over, we played at his place. And it was, it, the funny thing was the first time I played there, like nobody knew who I was. So I was like, okay, well, this is, you know, this is fun. And, you know, I played and all that fun stuff. And then the second time I went between the first time I went and the second time, clearly Mike had talked to his friends that were at this game because I arrived and they're like, it's the hockey guy. And I'm like, no. The real star is this guy right here. I'm just some idiot with a YouTube channel. No, that's not, no. I'm just a hockey fan. He's a star. He's got real talent. He sings and he sings all the time. He's, he's the, I'm just here to play a game of street hockey. That's it. <laughs> that's so awesome. Is, is he a hockey fan too? Yes, he is. He is a partial owner for the Vancouver Giants. Okay. Um, he is. He is absolutely obsessed with the Canucks as well. He is a huge Canucks fan, um, and uh, you know he's he's close to the team. He's really, really. He wears his heart on his sleeve. I wouldn't be surprised if eventually he ends up being the Canucks owner. To be honest, mm. um, I think that'd be a dream for him if that ever happened. But yeah, he is a huge hockey fan. So as you've gone through these years with your channel, at what point did you realize, okay, you know, this is really taking off. I'm getting a lot of viewers. I'm getting subscribers. Uh, this is, this could really be a thing. So the, the 2016, 2017 season, it grew slowly and that was mm -hmm. Matthew's rookie season. And I had a couple of videos that hit here and there, but then during the summer of 2017, um, the, the channel really started to take off free agency in the draft. I had live streams that did really, really well. And I started doing history videos, which did okay, but it seemed like they, like they didn't get a lot of views, but they got more subscribers. So the people mm -hmm. who viewed were more likely to come back and more likely to become subscribers. And then the Vegas expansion, mm. the Vegas expansion. I think part of it was that a lot of people went, well, that's not going to work. That's in the desert. That's stupid. The NHL shouldn't be in Vegas. That's a stupid place to put a team. And I looked at it and thought, there's a whole bunch of new fans coming in. I'm not going to treat them like they're dumb. I'll explain hockey to them because as new fans, sometimes people are kind of intimidated. They don't want to ask right. what's offside because people are going to look like, are you an idiot? How do you not know what offside <laughs> is? So I was fine with explaining all that and with, with helping people. So my channel is often seen as like a good way for new fans to the game to find out how it all works and everything. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's, I think that's part of the reason that it blew up because I wasn't talking down to Vegas fans or treating them like they didn't belong amongst NHL fans. I'm not a gatekeeper. Was that also your way of finding what worked and what didn't work on your channel? Yeah, it, it you know, it, it really came down to understanding that uh, hockey fans it, it, as long as you can do your best to, to, to just keep the politics out of it, talk about stats mm -hmm. and, and keep it simple. 
Um, I, I try to keep it as simple as I can. Like I follow a lot of the analytics. I keep track of a lot of the analytics, but I don't include it very often in my videos because there are fans who just don't have a lot of interest in that. I just try to keep it as basic as I can and make sure that I'm appealing to as wide an audience as possible. I think part of it is that I, I try to cover all 32 teams and I didn't feel like at the time I started out that anybody was really doing that. Mm -hmm. Do you take part in fantasy hockey as well? I, I don't. I, and, and the reason, the reason that I don't is I generally, A, I'll, I'll, sometimes I lose interest mm -hmm. where I'll be, oh, right. My fantasy league. I forgot. Like with football, I, I tried for years with football and I get my team all straight now. You know, I'd be on every Yahoo league I could. Mm -hmm. And by halfway through the season, I'm like, all right, so my team's garbage and I don't care. And I <laughs> just, I lose interest. And so with hockey, I, I don't get into the fantasy side. Part of it might be, I'm not really a gambler either. So mm -hmm. I, it doesn't really appeal to me on that level either. And it also makes sense too, because your audience is such a wide range too. I feel like fantasy is sort of something that has grown a lot in maybe, maybe more recent years as well. Yeah. And, and with the, with the more uh, liberal legalized gambling that's, that's in most places in the U S and now it's starting to take root in Canada as well. That's definitely, I think, increased the profile for fantasy hockey and just fantasy sports in general. You had a podcast at one point too, did you not? I still technically do, and that okay. I have, I have <laughs> the, the podcast, but I I didn't really find that it was there. The two things was a I didn't find that it was adding a lot, mm -hmm. and b everybody seems to have a podcast, mm -hmm. so it kind of felt like like everybody's. So there's only so much money to go around, and I didn't want to take money away from or, or time away from what I was doing with YouTube. If it was going to cost me to, to go with the podcast route, but I still have it. Mm -hmm. um, generally, if those posts, they go to my second channel because the second channel doesn't get as many views as the first. And then I can make it more general. It doesn't have to be about hockey, but yeah. Now, when you go out in public, was there a moment where you were first recognized by a fan or a subscriber and you were just taken back by it? <laughs> The first time I was recognized, uh, so I had just started dating my wife and we went to just a Burger King. I was like, I'm hungry. I want to go to Burger King, have something to eat, and then we'll go out. And so we sat down and probably 18, 19 year old uh, kid comes over and he's like, do you do videos on YouTube? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I watch your videos. And I'm like, oh. Oh, okay. Thanks. And I, I just, I was kind of taken aback and I, that was like the first moment I used to count those moments. Mm -hmm. And it once told me, she said, you know, at some point you're going to stop counting because it's, it's your channel's just going to keep going. Like she believed in me from day one. I never understood why, but I, you know, it, it, it happened where that was where it started. And like, for instance, the last time we went to the mall last week, we had uh, three different people come up to me and Hey, and so I, now I'm, I'm used to it. It's kind of like, we even know the look when somebody recognizes me in public, <laughs> they kind of do the, and it's like, yeah, you're going to want to go over and say hi to him. Cause he's been looking at you for the last five minutes. <laughs> it's like, okay. But yeah, that first time it was, it was really weird because up until then, like I hadn't, like I make these videos and I post them. I hadn't equated that anybody was watching them. Mm -hmm. Actual people were watching them. So that was where it got kind of weird. Being at an NHL game. Have you been in that scenario where you've also been recognized? Yes, uh, especially in Vancouver. In Vancouver, mm -hmm. I know it will happen. 
Um, there's actually, there's subscribers to the channel I've become friends with through the games we have locally, the, the street hockey games I play with, with subscribers. So mm -hmm. if I'm at a game, I'll tell them where I am. They'll come over and usually that'll attract more attention. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's flattering. Uh, I was right. Like when we were in Anaheim and we went to a couple of ducks games a few years ago, there were a couple of fans, fans of the channel that came over. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's humbling and it's, it's still weird to me because as I've always put it, like for the first 42 years of my life, nobody cared what I said about hockey and all of a sudden, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's quite the, the adjustment to make. You talked about how much of a supporter your mom is for you, but as far as your, your family and your wife too, you, you mentioned her just believing in you from the very beginning, how much, uh, does that how much excitement and comfort does that give you every day and whenever you get on your channel and do your shows, just knowing that, you know, they're behind you as well? It, it really helps. And I mean, you know, I do all the video stuff, but she does a lot of the other stuff. She does a lot of the social media stuff. And there's there's times where, you know, something's going on in the Discord and she has to take care of it on the Discord and whatever else. Uh, but she's she's always been there. She's always been supportive. Uh, I always tell her, you know, for for the fact that she married somebody that's basically another kid for her. I think she's a pretty good sport. Um, you know, I mean, it it definitely doesn't look like an adult lives in this room. So I I I give her kudos for that. Uh, but yeah, it, it does make a big difference. It it absolutely makes a huge difference to have somebody that's that's in your corner, and that every day, you know, you're going to wake up and you're going to have that help and support. Now, your channel has such a wide reach with hockey fans as well, too. And I know one of those people was Brody Hines, and he was a member of the Humboldt Broncos uh, who yeah. sadly passed away in 2018. Can you talk about the impact that he had on you as well? Brody, he was a, a commenter on the channel who uh, right from the beginning was one of the first subscribers that I had. He was very into the analytics when I wasn't. I, I was really into just the standard stats. I really didn't get into the analytics. So the the Humboldt, the Humboldt accident really hit a lot of, of hockey fans pretty hard because it just seemed so senseless and they were so young. Mm -hmm. And so we put together a, a tournament in his honor uh, that we had in 2018 and 2019. Uh, we had a member of his family actually come out and played with us both times as well. Uh, and and so we did that for fundraising and it really started to build the community. And so Brody really did help to jumpstart. I don't know if I would have had the street hockey games that we have every couple of weeks during the off season, if not for that. And if not for the, the fact that I realized like, you know, there's a community here, let's rally, let's get something good to come out of this, this tragic incident. It's really beautiful that you were able to be a part of creating that and, you know, keeping that spirit too. Yeah, I, I think that's important. And, you know, I mean, we have, we have subscribers that we're close to. We've had a couple of times where subscribers are having a really difficult time. And if we're friends with them, like we'll, we'll get in there, we'll get in the car and we'll, we'll drive. We'll be like, where are you? We'll come out and hang out with mm -hmm. you for a bit. What are you doing? So I, I think that's really important. And I mean, you know, we know with young men, you're not supposed to show emotions and that's, so, I mean, when they, they feel like they're on the edge. Yeah. I mean, I'm there for them if I can be. Let's talk about all of your jerseys as well, as well behind you, because you have so many, how many exactly do you have? 
Oh, uh, the how many? <laughs> if you <is> know, <laughs> really difficult to answer because I replaced the Reeboks with the Adidas, but we've still got the Reeboks. We sometimes bring those to meetups so the guys that don't have hockey jerseys they can wear one of mine. Um, I I know it's in in this for what I'm organizing them for. It's roughly 600 in this this wow. collection here. <laughs> Uh, I've got other racks and then of course I've got a second channel which is like the entertainment guy mm -hmm. so I've got uh, jerseys for that channel as well I've got about 50 for that channel too so it's it's a lot it's a <laughs> lot but at least now I I basically have it if it's been manufactured in the last 30 years I have it so that's made live streams a lot easier because anytime somebody's like do you have this jersey I just say yes because if it's been <laughs> manufactured I have it why did you want to start collecting them? See, so when the channel started up, I my goal was always to have one for each team. Mm -hmm. And I used to like to wear jerseys out and about. And the funny thing was, you know, when you're out wearing a jersey and and at least around here, guys will yell out the window that that team sucks. Which if I'm wearing a team that I don't like, I'm like, cool. All right. Yeah, no, we can agree <laughs> on that. Awesome. Yeah, good call, guys. Uh, but, you know, I just I really enjoyed wearing them. and so. They're, they're comfortable. If you gain weight, you lose weight, still fits just the same, basically. And yeah, I just really, like I said before, I like colors. And then it became, I'd like to get the one that these teams wore in the, the 80s, maybe some of the 90s ones, some of the uglier ones. And so then I had people saying, you know, you're getting older, you shouldn't be wearing jerseys, you should be wearing, you know, and it's your standard, you know, mm -hmm. uh, flannel and crap. And I was like, no. So I kind of rebelled and went the other way. Like, no, I, I like what I'm wearing. So I'll, I'll just get more jerseys then. And then as the channel grew, uh, the, the collection did as well. As far as players, do you like to get the jerseys with players' names on the back? Or do you like them more plain? So I do like them more with the names on the back. But, and, and the one thing I always tell people on the channel, if you're going to order a jersey... And if it's going to try to get a jersey that, you know, is going to age well. Mm -hmm. So, like, I've got some that have names on the back that, like, the Islander Tavares jerseys. When am I going to be able to wear those again? So, like, there's the, the if you if you get a jersey with a name on the back, I think it's better to get somebody who played there who was, like, for instance, with Anaheim. You can get a Solani jersey and nobody's ever going to look sideways at you for wearing a Solani jersey or a Niedermeyer or a Pronger or a Jaguar. But, you know, if you get somebody who's a current player, they might have a messy divorce with the team later. And then suddenly that jersey's not as good. So I prefer the the older players or a plain jersey. And I only get one with the player's name on the back that's current if it's one of my favorite players or uh, if, if I'm getting it on sale, getting it really dirt cheap. This might be a difficult question, but do you have an all-time favorite? My all-time favorite, uh, the the Kings... Uh, the the black Kings jersey with the coat of arms on the front. So when they had the black, purple, and silver scheme, mm -hmm. I think that was the best colors they ever had. Uh, I think that if LA incorporated purple into their look a little bit more, it would be better. Um, but that's just <laughs> me. I yeah, it might just might just be I'm the only one that that's the favorite, but that would be my favorite. Although the the Coyotes purple uh, it uh, most monstrosity from the first round of the. Uh, reverse retros. I absolutely love that jersey. It's so <laughs> ugly. It's beautiful. So yeah, there's that one too. What do you think about the Anaheim Ducks 30th anniversary jersey? I mean, having a little bit of that purple eggplant color. That is, that is honestly, I know when I heard it was coming up, I was talking to my wife about it and we agreed. We're like, okay, so it's got to be, it's got to be that purple. 
It's got to be that that eggplant color. And I, my my concern was that maybe they might just do a throwback to their original jersey like San Jose did for their 25th. I really like what they've got on the front. I like that it's different. I like the silver band on the, on the arm. I think it's a really nice jersey. So they hit it out of the park with the 25th anniversary. Now they've done the same with the 30th anniversary. I, I really have no complaints. I think it's fantastic. Well, Shannon, I have a surprise for you. <laughs> okay. I have it right here with me. <laughs> and once it becomes available, we are going to get this to you and you will have your own. <laughs> oh, that is so nice. <laughs> yeah. So you can see, uh, uh, there's only a couple of these right now. So pretty, pretty cool that mm -hmm. we got our hands on one, but once like, once it's available, this will be yours and uh, we're excited to get it to you. Oh, very nice. Thank you. <laughs> of course. That's fantastic. <laughs> now, if my answer had been, I think it's a monstrosity, would you have shown that? To <laughs> I still would have. I still would have. I was a little <laughs> nervous. I was like, okay, I hope he likes it because I've got it sitting oh, no. right here. <laughs> no, I, I, I think, I think they did a really good job. It, I yeah. really, yeah. I mean, it would be nice if they went back to this as a regular logo, but I, I think their home and away is just fine. Mm -hmm. People don't like the home and away, but I, I think it's fine. It's, <laughs> I, I don't think it's as boring as other people do, but, you know. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit of hockey now, too. And sure. specifically, let's start with Pat Verbeek. Uh, what mm -hmm. do you think about the job that he's done since he became the general manager for Anaheim? I, I think he's taken the right tactic. I think that this was a team that, you know, needed to kind of be stripped down a bit. And he's, I think he's done a good job at the draft. Um, he overpaid for Kalorn probably by a bit, but if you're going to get a guy like Kalorn or a guy like Gudis, who've been playing on teams in Florida that have been in contention for the cup, if you're going to draw them to Anaheim, you're probably going to have to give them a little bit more money. And within the Anaheim Ducks, uh, pay structure, it's not that bad. Like, obviously, they have to pay Terry and Zegers this summer, but the salary cap is supposed to go up a lot next year. I, I think Verbeek's done a really good job. I'll be curious to see if Gibson gets tra gets traded, what the return is. But, yeah, I think he's done a pretty good job with what he had when he arrived. And with those free agent signings, I mean, you just mentioned Kalorn, Gudis, another one of those, Robert Haig, too. Do you think that yep. some of that older leadership will be enough to mesh well with the younger guys? Uh, I it's it can't hurt. Mm -hmm. Like it 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 can't hurt to have to have that there. Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to add a couple more veterans into the mix before you get around to training camp, maybe. Coyotes. Maybe there's other, you know, guys they can have for eight hundred thousand dollars somewhere in that region that'll come in and help. Uh, the the trickiest part is always with a rebuild. The teardown is easy. It is that mm -hmm. building a team back up to make it to the playoffs, which seems like Detroit, Ottawa, Buffalo, and the East are finding out that can be really tough. Uh, I know in Vancouver they've been trying for years, and it's just it's a matter of patience. So I think bringing in Kalorn. You know, maybe that entices somebody else to say, you know what? Hey, Kalorn's a winner. He's got a couple Stanley Cup rings. He's, you know, if he's down there, maybe they got something going on. Uh, hockey players talk. So if you get the right guys on your organize, in your organization who can tell other players, hey, this is a great place to play, then you can draw in other players as well. And I, I think Verbeek's done a pretty good job with that. Specifically with this year's NHL draft, what was your impression of Anaheim's selections, especially at that number two spot with Leo Carlson? I was surprised they took Carlson, but I had seen a couple of draft lists where Carlson was ahead of Fantilli. Um, now, Fantilli, I, I think the skating with Fantilli is 
you know, big part of the draw with him. And I think he's going to be a star, but Carlson absolutely projects to be a star as well. And yeah, he should be an absolute beast down the middle for Anaheim. Maybe they perceived he was a little more NHL ready. You know, Fantilli isn't going to be in the NHL right away. And, and there really wasn't much difference between the two. Just Fantilli was number two on most of the lists. Are there any other prospects that are a part of the Ducks organization that you're excited to see take to the professional level? Uh, they've got, okay, so there's Zellweger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Zellweger. Um, there are a couple others too that I know were in the World Juniors. I know Drysdale's not a prospect now, but I'd really like to see him come back healthy and see mm-hmm. what he can do. Because I think he he was playing well before the injury. I think he's underrated. Um, and of course, you've you've got Seegers is one of the most exciting players in the league. I think there's a lot more offense there. And yeah, I mean, Carlson, the idea of Carlson being with Zegers or Terry, it, there, there's a lot there. And I, I think the, the buildup is, I would say the Ducks are probably two years away from being really, you know, in a position where they could say, OK, now we're, we're aiming for playoffs. And when you look at the rest of this year's NHL draft, were you surprised by any team in particular, or did you think that it kind of played out how it, it might've should have for some teams? I, I think, I think this year's draft was a, um, a lot, there was a lot less surprises. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Benson went later than people thought he would. I think that uh, Barlow, I think was a steal for the Winnipeg Jets in that first round. Uh, crystal dropping into the second round was a bit of a surprise, but we didn't have like a Joe Valeno drop where like he's ranked really high and then just absolutely falls down, uh, to bring his draft year. He was projected pretty high and then he ends up in the second round instead, probably due to his size. Uh, but this year's draft, I think played out pretty well the way that people thought. I think there are some teams that may be drafted by position rather than the best player available, but we'll see how it all plays out. And you mentioned it earlier too, but you have been to Anaheim to Honda center for a ducks game. Mm-hmm. Was that, was that more recent? That was after Corey Perry was a duck. That was, <laughs> that was in 2020. Okay. Uh, and the funny thing with that was that it was in, it was in 2020. Uh, the, the tickets were, were comp to us. So that was, that was great. Um, and it was, it was fun. The, the funniest part about that was, I remember too, that they were playing against Arizona and they won. Um, and I had watched Arizona play against Vancouver in Vancouver. I think it was a month before or a month after. And Coyotes fans were like, stop going to our games. <laughs> they get killed when you go to our games. And then I could come out and say, look, I don't see there's a problem with the Ducks because they looked fine when I watched them. So, you know, and they, I, I like Grant. I thought, you know, I, I'm a big Derek Grant fan. I'm, I might be one of the few, but I mean, it's fun and. Uh, Gibson, of course, I think is a, is a better goalie than he sometimes gets credit for around the league. I think he gets frustrated sometimes with the, you know, 50, 60 shots against per game. And I don't know that I necessarily blame him. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You're also a a goalie fan overall too, right? Oh, absolutely. Most (laughs) of, I've, I've got a lot of autograph pictures and most of them are of goalies. I, because honestly, to me, there is nothing to me crazier than goalies that are willing to stand in the way of 95, 100 mile an hour pucks. Mm-hmm. I think the, just being you. willing to do that is insane. And when people say, well, 80s goalies and they don't respect them, you kidding me? They barely had any equipment on. They're still blocking <laughs> 85 mile an hour shots. 
And I, I still, you know, if you're five foot six and you're still so willing to stand in front of an 85 mile an hour shot, full, full props to you, because my answer would be no. Be like, there's the net. Go ahead. No, I'm no. <laughs> you never wanted to be a goalie. <laughs> no, I know when we played street hockey, there were times when I was just playing with my friends, I'd play goaltender. But in general, I, I just it's 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 not for me. Um, defense, sure. But goaltending, not so much. I know also that you were more keen to the Ducks once Ryan Miller got to the Ducks as well, too. Are you still a fan of his? I still have a jersey of Ryan Miller's with each team he played with. Mm -hmm. um, I know when I ordered an Anaheim Ducks jersey and it was like, all right, who am I going to put on? Well, Ryan Miller, because I had Buffalo, I had St. Louis, I had Vancouver. And so having Miller with the, with the Ducks on my Ducks jersey just rounded out the collection. What I liked with Ryan Miller was that no matter how bad the game was going, no matter how bad the team in front of him was, he never complained. Mm -hmm. uh, he could allow five goals in a game and it never seemed to phase him. And he still, he gave the same effort in minute 59 of a game that he did in the first or second minute, no matter what the score was. So I had nothing but respect for him. Is there a Ducks player that you'd like to see their jersey retired in the rafters at Honda Center? Well, you know, I'm kind of surprised they haven't retired Getzlaff's yet, mm -hmm. but I think I think the best way they could do this is when Corey Perry's career is done, retire them both the same night. Mm. Have a night where it's Getzlaff and Perry night, and then you could have like the 07 team. You could have like a reunion kind of thing for that. And yeah, I, I think those two are to me really, really obvious. Obviously, Jaguars, I don't think Jaguars has been worn since he left the team. I don't think. I don't think it's officially retired, but I mean, heck, you could retire all three, and I don't think anybody would complain. You talk about that 2007 Cup-winning team. Where do they rank amongst your Cup-winning teams in over the years? So, man for man, they they didn't have the explosive offense of like an Oilers team in the 80s, or just the huge amount of star power that the Penguins had in the early 90s, but. When you have Niedermeyer and Pronger both on your team, it's kind of unfair to everybody else. I remember in 07, they were beat, they were playing against the Canucks. And of course, the Canucks had come through a tough series against Dallas. So fans were really kind of excited, like, oh, I can't wait. You know, they're playing the Ducks. And I was was a wet blanket. I said, yeah, the Ducks are going to kill them. I said, they'll it maybe it'll go five. But I said, yeah, the Ducks, because the defense uh, with Shiger and Net, they were so well coached. They were such a smart team. I, with ranking teams, I, I think where people, and, and I don't agree with this necessarily, that you'll look at, okay, well, this team in 84 would have beaten this team in 2007. Well, those are different eras, and that's a completely different Absolutely. setup. It's a completely different game. Mm -hmm. For the style of hockey that was being played in 2007, the Ducks were the perfect team. And I think that they're a little bit underrated because, you know, Getzlaff and Perry were just starting out. They weren't as well known as they would be later. Um, Solani, obviously a hall of famer, Niedermeyer and, uh, Pronger hall of famers, uh, Jaguar probably should be in the hall of fame and gets and Perry likely get there as well. I think it's a team that as years go by, people will respect that team a little more. Uh, I was always a big Andy McDonald fan too. So mm -hmm. as much as I didn't like seeing the ducks win that Stanley cup on that level, I had nothing but respect for them. They, they just looked like everything fell into place that year and it was kind of perfect. And 
I mean, it did. They weren't able to repeat, but I think that 2017 was was really really good in a seven game series against some of those really star studded teams mm-hmm. from the past or from recent. I think they would have done quite well. Were you surprised this past season when Vegas won the cup? I mean, I do my power rankings every week. And during the regular season, uh, there were a lot of people that thought I was overrating Vegas. I usually had them in the top five. Mm -hmm. And even when they weren't top five in the standings, uh, four lines, really good top six defensemen. Uh, It doesn't matter who's in net. Uh, they win. And that's a key thing that it didn't matter how many goalies they were without. They just kept winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not as much when you lost Thompson and you'd lost Leonard, but still the fact they were winning as much as they were was really impressive. I I really thought that Edmonton, this might be their year to go to the final, uh, but it just didn't work out that way for them. I think Vegas, I mean, they got there in six years. Bill Foley got what he wanted. Mm-hmm. He got that cup in six years. I don't think they repeat next year, but I mean, they, they absolutely could. What teams make you curious about their seasons going into next year? I mean, obviously it's really early to look at season previews, but are there any that you feel they've made some strides in this off season that they could be more competitive this year? I, I do like Detroit's additions and I'm mm. probably the only one that after day one of free agency said, I like what Iserman's doing because people didn't like the copper contract. They didn't like the hall contract, but I understood what he was doing and they had the cap space to make those moves. And then the Debrinket trade, if Debrinket plays as well in Detroit as he did in Chicago, they're, they're right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ottawa wasn't that far off by the end of the year either. And then out West, with the change in Calgary and the fact that there seems to be everybody in Calgary wants out or whatever's going on with Calgary, they're going to be fascinated to watch along with the Jets. Uh, the Jets, the Dubois trade, I liked for both teams. And mm. so, yeah, we'll see what they do with Hellebuck and potentially Shifley as well. Well, Shannon, we're really excited to have you in uh, Anaheim when you make the trip out with uh, your family. I, I know Disney's going to be on that list as well, too. Yes, and it's it's just my wife and I. We're, we oh, took okay. the kids in January and February, so the kids have had their trip to Disney. This is this is the adult trip to Disney. Nice. This is we don't have to wait in line for two hours for the ride the kids want. We can just hang out and do our thing, and yeah, we're gonna have fun with it. Awesome. Well, it's been so much fun having you on Light the Lamp today on Duck Stream. Really awesome getting to know more about you and all the success that you've had as the hockey guy too. Thanks for having me on. This is an Anaheim Ducks original production on Duck Stream.